In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning. The homily this morning is about the settling of accounts on the last day. And I would like to focus on on two verses this morning that are held in contrast to each other. Then shall the king say unto them on the right, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the other verse, Then shall he say unto them on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And so what was the kingdom prepared for? It was prepared for you. It was prepared for all of mankind from the foundation of the world. And who was the everlasting fire prepared for? It was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not prepared for human beings. But St. Nikolai says this, At the last judgment the righteous judge will have no place in which to send sinners but unto the realm of the dark realm of the devil. And that it is in his justice and that he, the judge sends them there is clear from the fact that they during their earthly lives fell away from God and gave themselves to the devil's service. So I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that God did not prepare hell for men. He prepared hell for the devil and his angels. But where else would people who reject God go? The main point that I would like to make, and it will not be obvious until uh, the conclusion of the homily, is that we must protect the righteous man within us. We must protect the righteous man within us. In his homily, on this verse, our God shall come and shall not keep silent. Psalm 50, verse 3. St. Nikolai of Zicha says this, Brethren, God appeared to the world in the body of a man. He appeared as a commander, as a teacher, and as a physician. But he has not yet appeared as judge. In the first instance, he chose to remain silent and not to openly express his greatest dignity, but rather left his enemies, his pupils, his patients, to make their judgments about him from what they knew. Those who had sound judgment would know him as God in the flesh, by the evidence of his words and by his deeds and by his love for mankind and by the heavenly signs at his birth, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension. However, 
Those whose minds were darkened by evil passion would not recognize him or acknowledge him as God. But when he comes as judge, then no one will ask, Are you he? Or who are you? Because everyone will know without any doubt who he is. The angels will blow their trumpets before him. His cross will shine in the heavens before him. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about him. Then both the believers and the unbelievers, the righteous and the unrighteous, will recognize the judge. Then only those who recognized him beforehand as God in the cave on the cross will rejoice, truly they will rejoice, for they will recognize in the judge him for whom they waged war, him for whom the, from whom they learned, and him by whom they were healed. Now perhaps we could put this a little bit more simply by saying that when Christ appeared on earth and became a man, men judged him. But when he comes again in his second com coming, Christ will judge men. Not in a vengeful way, not as men judge one another who came to them in mercy. If you're thinking about God and is God going to judge people, if you're thinking about yourself and how you judge people and how I judge people, the answer is no. Because his judgment is beyond our judgment. His judgment is a perfect judgment. No, he's not going to judge like you or me. Are you somewhat relieved? But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be a perfect and just judgment. When he comes again in his second coming, Christ will judge men not in a vengeful way, not like we do, but as the righteous judge from on high our creator. And we capture some sense of this in the two-sidedness of the icon of Christ. And this is most vivid in the, in the Sinai icon of Christ from the 6th century. And many of you are familiar with that icon. And the eyes and the characteristic of each side of the face are very pronounced in that. But at least in this icon and, and in basically every icon of this type of Christ, we see on the right side the, the blessing and the mercy. And what do we see on the left side? We see the law. We see the law, and we see Christ in judgment, judging us, judging our deeds according to the law. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is both, both merciful and just? Merciful in, in his first coming and just in his second coming. And there's a difference, a big difference, 
and we haven't seen him or felt him or known him yet as judge. But we will. We read in our morning prayers, Suddenly the judge shall come, and the deeds of each shall be revealed. But with fear we cry out in the middle of the night, Holy, holy, holy art thou, O God, through the Theotokos have mercy on us. That's in our little red pocket prayer book. Morning prayers. When we recite the creed, and we're going to recite it today in a few minutes, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. We do not say, and he shall come again with glory to pardon and cleanse and heal the living and the dead, but that he will come to judge the living and the dead. He is pardoning, cleansing, and healing us now. Then he will judge. When he comes again. We often hear this scripture quoted in the Gospel of 1 John that God is love. Well, that's true, and that's in the Bible. This phrase is often lifted from its context and an interpretation immediately applied. God is love, God does not judge, and neither should we. But there are two more verses in that same book of 1 John. Herein is love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. For he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Would it be appropriate to respond, Yes, God is love, and God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, John 3, 17, you know the verse. And so neither should we condemn. But when he comes again, he will come as the judge to judge the world, the whole world. And he warned us, and we should warn people, that the judgment of the world is coming and that we need to repent of our sins. How hard is it to, to draw a distinction between judging and or making a, a discerning decision and condemning? Have you ever been stopped by an officer of the law while speeding. And the officer of the law, that looked like a guilty yes. Alright. So, I've been stopped, and I've been warned, and on other occasions, I've been given a ticket. That's not hard to distinguish the, di the difference, is it? The warning is mercy. 
but it was a warning. And the ticket is the judgment. I've been judged. It's been documented. I have to pay the fine. You know, we don't need to heed, if we don't heed the warning from Christ, if we don't heed the warning from the church today, we won't slow down. What does he say when he issues the warning? Slow down. And we're hearing Christ tell us that today. Slow down. Slow down. Or we'll continue to drive ourselves over the spiritual cliffs of life towards spiritual destruction. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit upon His glorious throne. St. Nikolai again says about the second coming of Christ, Let us be warned. At first, He came in the cave in Bethlehem, humble and unseen. The second time, He will come on the clouds with the angels. The first time as though he sprouted out of the earth, and the second time he will appear from the heavens. The first time he stood, he knelt on the ground, and the second time he will be sitting on the throne of glory. There's another word for that, the judgment seat. But this vision and recognition will be for some their joy and for others their fear and torment. And so how might we apply this to our own lives on this day as we are preparing in these weeks to enter the season of the Great Lent in preparation for the Holy Week and Pascha? Let us be sheep and not goats before the Lord. Remember Father Richard imitating the goats, but... But, 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 but. Always taking issue. Stop. Let us begin by loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. We should feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome strangers, clothe the naked, visit the sick and those who are incarcerated. Yes, we should do all of these things, but again, St. Nikolai points out that there is an inner meaning that has to do with Christ within us. Christ within us. If our mind hungers for God and we feed it, we have fed Christ within us. If our heart is bare of every good and noble thing that is of God and we clothe it, we have clothed Christ within us. If our soul is sick and imprisoned by evil things, by our evil being, our evil actions, when we are mindful of it and visit it, we have visited Christ within us. In brief, if this other being within us, 
that once took pride of place and represents the righteous man is subjected and humiliated by evil and sinful man within us and we give this righteous man protection. We are protecting Christ within us. This righteous man within us is very, very small, St. Nikolai says. And the sinner within us is a veritable Goliath. But this righteous man within us is Christ's little brother. And the sinner within us is the Goliath-like enemy of Christ. And if we then protect the righteous man within us, if we free him, strengthen him, bring him to the light, if we raise him up above the sinner so that he's completely dominant over the sinner, we could say with the Apostle Paul, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Then we shall be called blessed and shall hear the king's words at the last judgment. Come, O blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And so what is our call to repentance today? Among other things, I would like to say that I want to protect Christ's little brother within me within myself, against the big, bad, sinful brother in me, in you. We know him all too well, do we not? I want to protect the righteous man inside of me. Is that what you want to do beginning today? We can do this all together as we prepare for our entrance into this season of repentance, the great and holy Lent. Will we do it? Yes, let us do it together. O merciful Lord, forgive all of us who call upon thy name and who because of our weakness sin against thee. Forgive us before that great and marvelous hour when you appear in glory with all of your holy angels. For to thee are due all glory, honor, and worship, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen.